Hi, everybody. It's Brian Davis here, and this is another edition of Longhorn Confidential. Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. I'm here with Kirk Bowles and Cedric Golden, and uh, we head into the regular season finale for the Texas Longhorns, the 6-5 and five Texas Longhorns, I should say. Uh, this season has not gone well, has not gone according to plan. So let's talk about those Red Raiders, huh? Huh? Do we have to? Anyone? No, we don't have to. I'm throwing that out, you know, comically. Does anybody want to talk about the four and seven Red Raiders? I do. Go ahead. Go for it, said. They're four and seven, and if they come in here and win, then bad things are going to happen before the bowl game. Very good point. Okay. All right. With that out of the way, uh, Texas is a 10 point favorite, by the way, on Black Friday. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Should be noted that Texas has not uh, beaten the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Austin for uh, several years now. So, really? Yeah, that's not good. That's anyway, scary. all right. So enough about Texas Tech. Let's okay. talk. Let's talk about the big picture because that's what Tom Herman wanted to focus on today, or at least that's where our questions guided him to today. Was the big picture, um, and I thought the most interesting thing uh, from the overarching narrative is that he said, "I am in big picture evaluation mode on everything," and said, "We talked about this before we left." I think Tom Herman started laying the groundwork today to fire some assistant coaches. I think he will let some assistants go. I think it's probably going to be a couple. I'm not going to get into who. We've gone ad nauseum about who hasn't performed as well uh, on the sideline. But uh, I think the fact that he answered yes to you and Anwar Richardson about the coaches falling short in developing these good recruits lets me know that someone's going to pay the price. And I I can tell you, it's not going to be Thomas Joseph Herman III. His legal name. That's his government <laughs> name, and government I've been using name. it lately. I like it. Kirk, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, this is his quote. He said, I'm not going to bury my head in the sand. It's my job to make sure that we play to the level that is expected at the University of Texas. Am I the right man to do it? Yeah, I believe I am. Did you expect me to say no, drop the mic, and walk off? That was a direct answer to your question about whether you think that Tom Herman is still the right guy for this job. So I'll ask you directly, Kirk, to answer your own question. Is Thomas Joseph Herman III still the right man for Texas? It's not looking like it. Oh, well. I don't think there are definitive answers yet, but... If I'm Chris Del Conte, I'm going, what the hell? You know, to go from 10-win Sugar Bowl victory to trying to get a winning season? That's totally unacceptable. And, uh, you know, we can go into the reasons why, but he's not getting it done. And I think the fans are starting to see him as Charlie Strong Light. I really do. No, Duck. I don't think so. No, I'm not going there. Charlie Strong never had a winning season. This guy's had two winning seasons. Going to be three if they beat Seven and six is basically and, not a winning season. And he's won two bowl games and a sugar bowl. He is not Charlie Strong light. That's so you think he's clearly the right man for the job? He's clearly not Charlie Strong light. He's the right that. man for the job? I th- I would say yeah I I am not I'm not jumping off the Herman bandwagon because a little rain has fallen. Nick Saban went seven and six in his first year, and they didn't fire him. Tom Herman pulled them out of the wilderness that was Charlie Strong, got them to a ten win season, and then beat Georgia in a Sugar Bowl. Did they fall short this year? Yeah, 
but I'm not going to go Chuck Strong light. I can't go there. Let, let's let's hit on one major point that I think is, is worth touching on because Tom went over the the lengthy list again today. Um, injuries. Did injuries derail this team? I am strongly in the camp that it did not. Okay? Because here's why. A lot of the focus of the injuries were all in the secondary. Okay? Right. And yes, the pass defense has struggled at times. But for anyone to just say, oh, injuries, they were hit by No, they really weren't. Okay? Because the front seven... The defensive line linebackers were healthy almost all year. The offensive line, which has allowed the most sacks in the Big 12, was healthy all year. Sam Ellinger, quarterback number one, healthy all year. Yes, they had some problems with running back. Uh, yes, Colin Johnson. That's a big one. That's a big one, no doubt. To me, doubt. that's a big one. But you still had a 1,000-yard receiver with Devin DuVernay. Now, how good would Devin have been with Colin over there every well, game? Well, you know what? I find it very hard to believe that there's only two players on this whole roster that are worth the darn a receiver, I find that very difficult to believe. So No, I, I agree with that, but I think there's only one Colin Johnson. I think you'd agree with that. And he's a difference maker type receiver. Colin Johnson is not a burner, but Colin Johnson's a volume catcher of the ball. And I think he would have been a lot more consistent than Epps, Eagles, or Smith okay. if he had played every game. All right, so my question to both of you, should this season just be washed away as, oh, they got too many players hurt? Mm-mm. No. You're Texas. Yeah, You're supposed so. to win. You're yeah. Texas. I think, like you said, I think they've been uh, focused and centered around the secondary. The running backs, Ingram and Rashawn Johnson, have both played 11 games. And they've both looked really good at times. Can we, can and we they've throw, looked average at times. Can we throw Whittington in there? The, the raves he was getting in the, in the spring? We don't but, really know, do we? No, but he never played. Yeah. So it's not like, but what about he, this guy? But if, if he had played, do you think he's worth one win? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm how asking. You, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. Whittington worth one win? Mm-hmm. I'm asking. I don't know how you do that. I don't know. You, if I don't know how you'd know. He is a freshman. Is well, he's so much better than either Ingram or Johnson. I don't and know. We how don't you even quantify and, that. But we really don't know. We no. just we just know what they told us out of the spring. We saw a little snippet of him in the in you know yeah in in the scrimmage. But so. everybody has injuries. You know, I wrote exactly. about it Saturday how Clay Johnston, the middle linebacker for Bayer, was the midseason All American. Every publication was saying he's an All-American. He's out for the year. His backup, Terrell Bernard, has just been killing it. He had double-digit tackles against OU, double-digit tackles against Texas. Broke his hand on Monday. Played with it wrapped. I don't know if you saw him on the field. With a club. Big old club hand. They lost their left tackle for more than a month. Two of their three running backs have been hurt on and off during the year. And everybody, I've never heard one peep out of Matt Rule. Saying, "Oh man, we've got some bad injuries." So, well, news doesn't get much out of Waco that often. No, to be but fair. I'm just saying, you know, they're sitting there, have won ten games. Right, they're in the Big Twelve championship game. So, I don't know. They've had injuries. They have, in- but I think most of us would agree, as long as they keep Sam upright, they're they'll be, be okay. Yes. All right. Let's let's focus on this how this whole idea because said said you've already touched on it. I my ears and head practically exploded when Tom said this on on uh, Monday today, and that's why I circled back with him. For Tom Herman, Texas coach Tom Herman, to admit that they have not gotten the most out of the talent base in the locker room, I thought was shocking, shocking honesty. No. Yes. 
Why would you be shocked? That to me, that's a PC answer. No, it's an answer that coaches never say out loud. But no, but if he says, "Yeah, we've gotten the most talent, but they haven't played," I th- he doesn't want to indict the players. I think I think he has to. No, but it's yes. a, but it's also an indictment of the players. It's a to me, to, and to me, it goes both ways. Yes, the coaches are ultimately responsible, no doubt. But here at the University of Texas, the players have to take some responsibility no, for sure. too. Absolutely. But he so it's not just all on Herman. He could have easily have gone. You know what? Uh, we got to coach better, and they have to play better. He could have stayed in the middle, but he didn't. He put it on the coaches, he and did. I think he put it on the coaches. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, he's about to make some changes, he and he to. wanted that to he be on the to. record. He wanted that to be on the record, and that's if fine. If that's a secret to anybody, they're living in a cave. You know, the staff's got to know it. I mean, because they live it every day. Because the thing about it is, and, and you know, all three of us when we are out and about and mixing and mingling with fans and. You know, we go on the road to Ames, Iowa, or Waco, or Lawrence, Manhattan, wherever. The comments are always kind of the same. It's like, man, you know, we'd love to trade talent. What mm-hmm. what could our coach do with your talent? Right, right. We hear that all the time. Right, right. And so, like, take Saturday for example. What do you think Matt Rule and that coaching staff could do with Texas's talent? Win big, I think. Probably. I, so. I got a hell of a lot of respect for Matt. You know, you can't even. Begin to imagine what Matt Rule has done. If Texas had come from where your team is in ashes, one and eleven players are leaving in droves. I mean, they were a laughing stock in the nation. And to be sitting here ten and one in the Big Twelve championship game in his third year. Are you saying coaching matters? A little bit. <laughs> it does. A little bit. I am. Said. I'm just telling you. I I love me some Matt Rule. Uh, not just because he's a friend of the On Second Thought podcast. No. Shameless plug. I think that he's a man's man, and I think he demands accountability. And the one thing that I'll say about him is the same things that he is saying this season, the same tenets, the same lessons he's teaching, were the same lessons he was teaching at 7-6 and six, and the same lessons he was teaching at 1-11. and 11. He has not changed his vision. He came in, no nonsense, no excuses, and he's still that cat. And when you get a guy that's the right guy, that has the right vision, and he can mobilize a whole locker room and a whole fan base, great things can happen. And that's what I thought we had in January when they be when they beat George in the Sugar Bowl. But it hasn't come to pass, and it all starts with Tom. Well, one of the main issues that uh, I can't remember which one of you said it this weekend, but one of you did. Uh, speak, probably Kirk. speak now for everyone your peace. It's the idea of you gave the Texas fans hope, and then you took hope away. Right, right. And to me, that is the underlying sentiment of all the fan anger out there. I mean, look, top ten preseason pick. Everyone thought getting back to Arlington would be a no-brainer. Right, maybe they beat Oklahoma, maybe they don't. Who knows? But at least getting back to Arlington was generally the thought. Right, we thought that was the the bottom line. Sure, to show progress, they got to get back there. And now here they are. Uh, try they must beat a four and seven Texas Tech team just to finish with a winning record and not finish five hundred. And this was brought up uh, before we started the podcast. Two of Texas's six wins were on walk off field goals to the two Kansas squads. Ooh. That's a mouthful. Oh, God. That's what Charlie Strong would say to that. Charlie and B. Kansas. See, look at Kirk. Said it. Look at Kirk's face. It's like when you say all these things out loud, it's like, wow. And then you see Kirk, it's like, 
Oh my gosh. Well, and I just can't believe Texas is so stupid to give two year extensions after one great year. I, I don't. But that's understand what Texas that. does. You've that's been what around, I say. I don't understand. You've been around this they program haven't done forever. It Fifty years. They, they've done it for about. 10 or more but they always overdo it but you don't have, they have to. a little bit of success and they overdo and it and you don't have to and they did and that's why the buyout is over 20 million and i'm not saying they should fire tom Herman. i'm not saying that at all but then i mean you have to compound the problem and you know bind yourself and don't leave yourself options well let's talk about let's talk about c- contracts for a moment okay so uh during the during the last off season chris del Connie, made a smart decision, I thought, by shifting most of the football assistants to the one-year rollover deals. Same sort of contract that every employee at Texas, a state-run institution, has. And essentially what that means is is that you are under contract for the next year at your, at your whatever your agreed-upon salary is, and, and then in the spring you get, a, uh, you, get, you get a letter basically in the mail that says, hey, we're keeping you for the next year or, right. or we're not. It's another one-year deal. It's another one-year deal, exactly. And so out of 10 assistants, uh, to our knowledge, eight of those have one-year deals. Todd Orlando, the defensive coordinator, and offensive line coach Herb Hand both have an extra one-year guaranteed because of those are the, the deals they uh, signed. Orlando got an extension when he got the raise mm-hmm. uh, after the 2018 season, and Herb Hand signed his uh, three-year deal uh, when he arrived, 18, 19, and 20. That, those are his three years. So my question to you guys is that if seven, uh, let's see, seven, eight assistants are up for grabs, who would you be on this? Who would you be on the table, banging the table, B. Davis style, to keep? And who would you be banging the table to dump as Tom Herman goes into twenty twenty? I keep Herb Hand. I just do. I think. I think um, they may. They may not be a dominating offensive line, but I, I. I think that his coming aboard coincided with the improvement. Uh, up front, so I think I would keep him. Um, Even though Texas is allowed the most sacks in the Big Twelve, yeah, I'd still keep him. Okay, Kirk. You know that's a tough question. Uh, you know I think he probably should make changes at both coordinators, and and not make it cosmetic. I think there there's too much going wrong with this team. There's no momentum. You know they're we're talking about them have to beat a four and seven team to finish with a winning record. A winning record for a team that won ten was ranked tenth in the preseason. You know, only Tom knows who's doing his job really well in staff meetings, who's preparing them in practice, and so. But I think it starts at the top, and and like you said, said it all starts with Tom Herman. Well, he's not going to fire himself. So I, I think I think uh, the defense has been very very poor the last two years. They played better the last two weeks against, in a way, subpar offenses. Neither Iowa State or Baylor is winning with great offenses this year. You know they're okay, but uh, I don't know. And I, you know, it's always easy to fire the OC, even though Tom Herman calls the plays. So I'd start at the top. Well, my thing about the offensive coordinator, and this is why I think Tim Beck is is going to be in serious trouble. Is because Tom Herman is the play caller, True. right? And True. so remember, if you remember when Tom Herman was hired, uh, he hired Tim Beck to call plays. That's what he uh, split those duties with at Ohio State. Tom did not like the way that it, the offense was going and took play calling duties over himself. Uh, took them over himself, which he admitted he didn't like doing that on right. the field. He wanted right. to call plays in the press box. So I think that Tim Beck, even though he has 
nothing to do with play calling. But right don't now. go there. Don't go nothing to do. Well, okay. He talks to Sam, and he's in. Well, he, I think he's and going, he's in meetings. No, he's he, got input. He, he, of course, he got input. You know, he's on the headset. Hey, hey, Tom, we're getting a little away from the running game. We need to get back. Or hey, they look soft and they left flat the boundary. You know, they've got to be having. It's I, collaborative. Don't minimize it. It's just okay. Tom saying we're sending in play X, but. Tom is the one making the decisions Absolutely. about play X. But don't think that Tim doesn't have a voice. In and that. during the week, Tim. It's collaborative. Tim, and I'm sure and Tom Tim makes is a saying, voice during the week. hey, third and eight. What do you, Tim, what do you, what you got? What are you thinking up What do you there? see up there? And uh, Fedora, can he be in the press box? The offensive analyst? He is. He is. And he has I, a headset I, I've, on? I've seen him up there. Does he have a headset on? I wonder if he's part I, of it. That I don't know. I yeah. bet everybody's got a headset. Probably so. We can't have too many people talking, so well, my, I don't know how you do that. My my point in all that is just saying that Tom hired Tim Beck to call plays. He p- took play calling away from him. I think that if I'm Tom Herman, the head coach of Texas, I want someone to call plays. Yes. Right? That's okay. what I would think. So that's why I think he'll change right. Tim Beck. And, and I've got two names for you. Alex Grinch. The new DC for OU, and Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator for LSU, both those head coaches, Lincoln Riley and Ed Orgeron, made major changes. And look at them; they're both top ten. Well, I, LSU's I, number one in the nation. They changed their entire culture, and OU's still got a chance Alex, at the Final Four. Alex has had some; he's had a couple of bop 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 bops. No, they're not that OU. good on defense. Yeah, yeah, they they they're better though. They're better. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. But they gave up forty something to K State. They Gave up twenty eight and a half. I'm to not Baylor. saying they're Georgia's. I defense. mean, I don't know that that's a huge upgrade you from To. Ch- I'm not sure they changed. They changed the coordinator, but it's still the same players that had one oh, of the worst sure defense. No, in but OU I'm history. saying he had the guts to make the changes. And you're talking. Oh, about so you're not saying those number- guys should come in? No. Okay. No, I'm yeah, not saying you threw their names out there. I thought you were saying. I'm just Tom's saying those two head coaches okay. have the guts to make changes. Of course, give up the offense to Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. They're number one in the country. Give the defense, take it away from uh, Mike Stoops, fired him, take yes. his guts, mm-hmm. fire Bob Stoops' brother, bring in Alex Grinch, and they're better. I will say this. I'm 100%, I'm 100% against the promoting of Larry Fedora to offensive coordinator. And the reason why I say that is because given all of this team's problems okay, mm-hmm. across the board, right. I don't want to promote someone who has been in the room this whole time. I that's want been an out- part of the problem. That's been part of the problem. I want an outside voice who comes in with a fresh set of eyes. Look at yeah. Joe Brady and says, "Okay, I don't, I don't know what y'all been doing in the past, yeah. but here's how I've been successful. Yeah. You hired me to do it. Let me do it." I don't know his track record. I don't know if he called plays in North Carolina. Or it's probably what. been a long time since he called plays. You know, it might have been. I mean, they had two bad years in North Carolina. They got him fired. And Oof. as far as Joe Brady. I don't know why he would leave LSU. Who's in North Carolina now? He'll leave LSU for a head coaching job. He, he probably will. Because that phone's going to ring. Yeah, why would he want to come to Texas? He wouldn't. Tom's hey, maybe next, on the hot seat. His next job's a head Joe coaching Brady. job. Yeah. He's not coming here. No. No, his next job's a head coaching And you hear Chad Morris, and you hear rumors, Ugh. Tom Herman, Chad Morris don't get along. Who knows what the truth is Does on anyone that. get along with Tom? I'm asking. Crickets. Next. This podcast has gone on a little bit longer than we had intended because there's a lot to talk about with the Texas Longhorns. Uh, we're all pre- we're all predicting Texas around the board Friday, right? Yeah, Texas beats Tech. I think so, but I'm not sure. Why, man? So, I just so un so unsettled. Are we going to the Texas Bowl or are we going to the Cheez It Bowl? I hope it's the Cheez It Bowl. I don't know. I, I think they're all in a big pot. There's not that much difference after OU and. Uh, 
Baylor. I you sound think. broke. You that, sound broke. I am broke. I'm ready for basketball. You are season. the you are the fan base. You are broken. I, I am broken. You said you're ready admit, for hoops. I am ready for full time hoops. McNeese right. State Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. McNeese I State. I can't wait. And who do the ladies play? Uh, they're in Hawaii. Hawaii. There you go. North Hawaii. Carolina. Why aren't State? the three of us going to Hawaii? That's what people want to read because it's about. not. It's no longer in like 1990 something <laughs> when the statesman sent the whole crew. People before want I got to read here. about women's hoops. That's in a good Hawaii. point. You know where they also? You know what they also need to put in Hawaii? What's that? Zaxby's. A Zaxby's. <laughs> Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken, fresh-made salads. Stop. Z- stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today, or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. For Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden, I'm Brian Davis. We'll talk to you next time.